All right, so today on the podcast, we have Coach Mark Hatcher. Uh, he was uh, the boys' basketball coach at Logan High School for 15 seasons. He went 200. He won 236 games and lost 138. Uh, man, he he won a bunch, a bunch of games uh, there at Logan High School, in Logan County, uh, West Virginia. And his wisdom that he brings to this podcast is fantastic. I know you really, really enjoy it. All right, Coach uh, Mark Hatcher, welcome to the podcast this evening. Welcome, Coach Davis. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Coach. You know, I think I get most of my guests from Twitter. So people that I, I, I they, I see them comment on something I post, and I, I do like a, um, like a detective job, and I Google people's names, and I see, oh my goodness, Coach, Coach, Coach Hatch has had a uh, quite a career. So, Coach, please. Uh, just give a little bit of your history to the listeners out there. Well, first of all, I want to tell you about Twitter. Now, you you are a Twitter king. Let me tell you, you you actually you're one of the best ones I see on it. You reach a lot of different people. You you're not afraid to say what's on your mind, which got me attracted to you and started following you. And I think uh, I'm just sort of learning. I'm just sort of learning. I, I'm not a great Twitter Twitterer or tweeter or whatever you want to call it there. So I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, Facebook is pretty simple. That's a little different. Twitter's a little different and I don't even have a clue about Snapchat and TikToks and all those things. So, uh, Zach, let's see. I I mean, I'm 50 years old. I turned 50 years old in September. I I grew up in Logan County, born and raised. Um, my family has been a, uh, sports family, coaching family. My dad was a high school coach. Uh, he was an assistant coach for Willie Akers, who was one of the legends of coaching in the state of West Virginia. Um, He started coaching with him and then got his own job in 1978. He became the head coach at Wimson High School, did really good there and ended up coaching, I don't know how many years, 40 years. Um, So he won a state championship in 1983 at Wimson. He coached Mark Klein. Those some people know Mark Klein, he's assistant basketball coach at Marshall. Um, so I, I've sort of been around basketball. My uncle was a high school All-American at Logan in 1970 and 71. Um, uh, he went, got beaten in the state championship game in 1970 by Parkersburg. So, uh, you know, I got to, to be around sports my whole life. Uh, my sisters are, I got a sister that's a state champion cheerleading coach at Logan. I got a sister that won a state championship in softball at Logan. Um, cousins that won state championships at different schools. I got a cousin that coaches Morgantown cheerleading. So our family is very sports oriented and I've been around it all my life. I went to Logan high school. I was more of a football player than a basketball player. It sort of happens when you're five foot 10, 150 pounds. I like to hit people, Zach, but uh, the, the basketball team when I was at Logan was like six, eight, six, eight, six, seven, six, six, and six, five. Uh, oh man. Yeah, DeAndre Murphy, Willie Coleman, Greg Bartram, Dan Rush, Jeff Miller. Uh, we were, we were, they were pretty good, like studs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I sort of decided I'd play football. I mean, I played basketball, but I played football, wrestled a little bit, and then played baseball too. So went to West Virginia Wesleyan and played college football and actually played college lacrosse. And at one time, and I still may be the best lacrosse player ever in, in Logan County history because I'm probably the only one that's ever played lacrosse in Logan County. Uh, Oh, shoot. Yeah, so I played two years of lacrosse in college. That was interesting. Um, 
But hey, when you get to hit people with sticks, coach, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's fun. That's fun. So uh, I got into coaching. You and I were talking about it earlier. I started coaching um, while I was in college. Uh, Roger Gertz, who's a legendary baseball coach here, asked me to coach a little baseball team. I started coaching in the summertime and, and started loving coaching. And I'm actually a nurse. I went to nursing school at West Virginia Wesleyan and came back, worked as a nurse. My old middle school coach, junior high coach, asked me to come out and, and coach with him a little bit and got in my blood. And uh, I, I ended up coaching my first coaching jobs were I coached girls basketball at Logan Central Junior High. I coached boys basketball at Logan Central High. I actually coached both of them at the same time one year. Oh. Oh my and, gosh. And still worked as a night shift nurse 40 to 46 hours a week. So, uh, yeah, I could do that when I was 24, 25, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, became the Logan Middle School basketball coach. I coached middle school football. I've coached big, Babe Ruth baseball. I mean, I've done a little bit of everything. But my dream job was always to be the high school basketball coach at Logan. And when that came open in 2000, 2001, I, I, I went after it. And, uh, I had a two-hour interview, Zach. You ever had a two-hour interview for a coaching job? No, I have never had one. I've never had one more than about 30 minutes. Well, we, yeah, there, was about, there was about nine people trying to get the job at Logan at that time, and I had probably – I was sort of a hothead at the middle school level. I, I got a technical pretty much every game. Uh, you know, had a bad mouth on me maybe a little bit, and uh, – uh, so they, you know, they worried, you know, a young guy, big job, um, could I handle it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, a superintendent, uh, Ray Woolsey, um, his, he's a guy from Pineville, West Virginia, Wyoming County, big basketball guy. And he just grilled me for two, two hours. And Ooh, uh, baby, yeah, he actually told me that that night they announced it that afternoon that I got the job. He came back to me that night and called me and, and said, uh, you know, he, I, I really stood out because I sit there and took all the questions and put it all on my shoulders. And, you know, Zach, I, I wanted to, I wanted to just, first of all, I wanted to make Logan basketball family. And I think I accomplished that. That's what, it, that's sort of how I was raised. Uh, I know that you're, you're very deep in with your guys and, guys got a lot of family stuff and that's the biggest thing I think about high school it's got to be family oriented it's got to be we spend more time sometimes coached with those kids and their own moms and dads do their mamas and papas and things like that so uh, and especially you know Logan basketball I, I tried to be a part of those kids from the minute that they picked up basketball we have a we started basketball at six years old uh, we had a league for six-year-olds and up and um, different divisions, of course, and things like that. So with my basketball camps, with the way we did our buddy leagues, you know, I tried to know each kid. I may not know their names, but I tried to learn each kid's face and, you know, sort of who the parents were, get to know them. I wanted those kids to know me. And that way it's a program. I mean, first it's a family, and then you turn your family into a program. And that's, that's sort of what my belief was and my philosophy was. Coach, that's awesome. And I was looking up your record. You won like 260-something games. I was just blown – I was blown away by that. And my my first question I knew I wanted to ask you was, you're talking about family program. Like, what was – what were some of your core, 
like cultural beliefs for your basketball program? Because obviously you had a ton of success and that only, that only comes when somebody has a strong belief in uh, their belief system. Well, I think being around the program as a young kid in the seventies, I was a manager when they were on their runs, uh, Willie's wild, wonderful wildcats and Logan, Logan County sports and Southern West Virginia sports. And you've played down here and you've, You've seen the basketball regionals and things like that. We're, we're sort of crazy about our sports. Not that the whole state's not the same, but, but we really take it as a prideful thing. And, and I think, Coach, what, what I wanted to try to start was, again, the family, the program. You know, I treat every kid the same uh, in some ways. But then, again, other ways you have to be a little bit different. I always thought the coaches that said – you know, I, I, got, I, I treat every kid the same. We had the same rule book for every kid. Well, every kid doesn't come from the same situation either. Uh, yeah. So you have to sort of watch how you paint yourself in that corner. So my rule book was, it was sim simple. We didn't have, the coach that I followed had about 50 pages worth of rules. I probably exaggerated that by a lot, but probably had about five pages for rules. I had one rule and it was, don't do anything that's going to hurt the basketball program. Uh, mm -hmm. you or your program and that's when you when you paint it that way that that doesn't paint you as a coach in a corner where if a kid skips school or has a doctor's appointment you know you have to everything has to be handled a certain way so that was one thing is we had one rule don't do anything that's going to hurt the basketball program and if you do then we'll handle that individually uh, depending mm -hmm. on how big the mistake was and and so on I think making kids play hard uh, it was something I, I really tried to do, Zach. Um, I tried to sell them. And then I don't, I don't know if you ever watched one of my teams play, but I, I played 10 to 12, 15 guys a game. Oh, my uh, gosh. So, and I did that state tournaments, regional finals, state championship game. Most of the time through my 15 years at Logan High School, we played anywhere between 10 to 15 guys a night. So, my philosophy – Again, I, I grew up in the late 80s. The Logan basketball team was unreal. Uh, we had a bunch of really good players that didn't ever get to play because the coaching philosophy was five or six guys, maybe seven. You know, mm -hmm. so if you're that eighth, ninth, tenth guy and you could be playing, maybe I could start for St. Albans or Nitro or South Charleston, but heck at Logan, I'm on the bench and don't ever get to play. You know, I, I got to live through that. I thought I was pretty good but I never got to play. So when I got to be a coach, I'm like, you know, I'm going to play a lot of kids. That way injuries don't bother me. Uh, kids get in trouble don't bother me. Um, fouls, foul situation. You know, I could put a kid in. He's not, it's not the first time he's been in that situation. He's played in every game. So that was a philosophy that I brought on. And I tell you what, Zach, that the, the playing hard, making kids play hard, I gave him a lot of freedom. Uh, we were very up-tempo. We played what now everybody calls is a dribble drive, uh, pick and roll type offenses. What go? What the NBA is showing right now is sort of how Logan High played. Uh, hmm. We weren't the first. I'd watched it at college. At, you know, a lot of the great coaching goes on. I think Zach at high school levels, small college levels. You know, you watch Duke play, and you and you coach maybe St. Francis JUCO. I'm just making that name up, but. Mm -hmm. You know, just like us as high school, we, we can't necessarily go out and recruit everybody we want. So we had to right, make yeah. – our, our right tackle might be 165 pounds and our, our fullback might be 240. You know, it might just right, have to yeah. work that way. Uh, 
And that's just, I think, you know, that, that, that just getting all those kids to buy in, you know, getting them to play hard and knowing that they were going to get a chance to play. And then I think knowing the kids at a young age and making them a part of the program. We did a lot of things, Zach, where we brought the little kids into the locker room. Uh, now I had to bring them in certain times, usually before the right. game. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Big, yeah, after a big win, not necessarily at halftime sometimes, but. Correct, absolutely. But the more you, you keep that community, the more you get those kids involved, uh, the more they ask mommy and daddy or mama and papa, hey, I want to go see the Wildcats play tonight. I want to go see Coach Hatcher. I want to go see Lou Green or Zach Green or Steven, Stevie Browning or David Early. And I, I want to go see these guys play or Noah Cottrell. And, and, you know, you start getting that and you start building that. And, and when little kids – want dream of, of putting on that blue and gold uniform. That's, that's what I grew up in the seventies when I was seven, eight years old, I wanted to do that. And I wanted to bring that back. And I think I did a pretty good job and, and accomplished that. And, and, uh, and I think I got to see the, the benefits and the fruits, you know, of that. Oh, no doubt. And you're talking about, you know, triple drive, pick and roll. So where did you pick that up from? What college did you go see that at? Dude, there was there was I went to so many basketball clinics and my dad is like a walking encyclopedia of basketball. I mean, we got garages full of books and and things like that. I mean, I if you go back and you look at the old the old way Adolf Rupp and and you know, go back and look the old Boston Celtics and stuff that they did sometimes. Uh, you know, was wide open offenses. It's just the rules were so much different than it doesn't look like it was the same. But but uh, th there was just some great coaches. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Don Meyer was his name at Lipscomb College in, in Tennessee, mm -hmm. a little small school. And he was just a phenomenal teacher of the game. Most basketball people don't know him if you're just a casual basketball, but a really uh, – a guy that really takes it seriously is going to go look for those those people and who, you know, if a guy wins 30 out of 33 championships in his in his college division or his conference, there's probably something going on there. And then you go look at his kids and they're all like nobody's taller than six foot three and he's hitting 17, 18 threes a game and he's shooting 80% from the foul line and how is he doing mm -hmm. all this stuff? And then you start watching it and, and – that's just sort of how I, I decided to play. I wanted to be wide open and I wanted to have, you know, Zach, if you could shoot it, I wanted you to be feel free that you could pull the trigger at any time. Uh, mm. Some coaches like to pull that back a little bit. I, I seen, I felt like, and we practiced that way. We, we did a lot of five in five out. We, we would have my top 10 guys in practice versus my second 10 guys. So that they, it, we never did five or first five versus second five because when you're playing 10 guys, you've got a top 10. So, mm -hmm. you know, our practices were three hours long and, and straight competition on everything, Zach. Every, everything we did was competition. Mm. So, you know, just That's learning awesome. from those guys, learning from – I think camps are important for coaches. Um, even successful – when you win, I think it's even more important to go learn other things. And if I could talk to young coaches out there right now, one or two clinics every once in a while is not going to get it done, man. You, you've got to know and understand the game and be able to adapt on the fly. 
Mm-hmm. No doubt. I, I think about, you know, our, our season ended and I'm, I'm on huddle trying to get film from people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Hey, I need some film, need some tape, you know, what fits kind of our, our personnel that we have. And that, I think that's so true. And then today, I don't think people have an excuse. I mean, there's Twitter, there's, you can get on zoom, you can go to see people. I mean, I'm going to visit a, a coach that has a winning program in this state like next week. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to take a personal day and go up there and see him. So um, I just think you have to do that stuff. And, you know, talk about like, what are you looking for when you go? So I know some guys go to clinics, they're looking for like a whole system. Uh, Some guys are going looking for one thing. When you went to those clinics, what were you looking for specifically? Well, I tell you what, Rick, Rick Green, GW and I, and Mick Price and a few other coaches, Kelly Church from Hedgesville, we continue to get together. I actually met with them two weeks ago over in Charleston at Longhorn, and we just talked ball. We talked about the stuff going on with the SSAC and football. And we don't talk just basketball. We talk about every all the sports. But, mm. you know, we our philosophy when I would go to camps was, you know, I'd take my whole staff. So it's a it's a getting together with your staff thing. It's telling your guys, you know, as a head coach, hey, Brad, uh, the Brad Napper, who's the head coach at Chapmanville, won a couple state championships now. He was my assistant. I was like, you know, I want you to look for this maybe. You try to pick something out. Uh, Soup Campbell was my other assistant coach. I'd take a couple other guys, sometimes middle school coaches. And that's another thing I like to talk about is, is you got to bring your buddy league and your middle school coaches into your into your locker room sometimes, Zach, and I think just sit down and talk to them, but we'll get to that in a minute. But I think clinics, you just got to – if you can come out of one or two things, maybe it's two drills. Maybe you were bad on out-of-bounds plays last year and couldn't score, so I'm going to go try to get three or four out-of-bounds plays. Maybe it's um, – man, my, my, my post, I just don't feel like my post players, my fundamentals are any good, so I'm going to go and look for something. on. And then you got to sort of scan – the Nike basketball camps, where's that guy that really knows post offense or post defense and then try to make sure you go to that, that class. I think a lot of guys go to clinics. I I was around a lot of coaches that would get crazy and party and never show up for the clinic. Uh, That was not me. I was there from eight o'clock in the morning to the last one. I never missed a guy. I I felt like out of respect, I should be there. And, And sometimes those guys who are not as well known as the Rick Patinos or guys like that, those guys at those small schools that have to adapt like you and I would at a small high school in West Virginia, you know, I think that's what you look for. Well, how can I, I've got John coming back next year and John's going to have to be my quarterback. Plus I'm starting middle linebacker. He's going to have to punt and kick off, return kickoffs and return punts. So he's going to have to do it all. How can I give him a one minute break or there, or what can I, is there something that I can find that'll take, you know, five plays off for him a night? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's what you look for at a clinic. I think you look for the little things. Everybody wants to go listen to those, the top dogs, the Nick Sabins and the, the Rick Patinos. And back with me, it was Patino and Coach Cal when he was at, you know, when he first coached K. I went and saw a whole mm-hmm. clinic for Coach K. And, and I got some stuff out of those guys, but it was always those little guys that you didn't know yet, like a Brad Stevens before he became Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the guys you get something from, you know. Oh, no doubt. I, you know, I was I was texting um, 
with another coach in, in West Virginia today, high school coach. And I, I'm looking, like you said, I'm looking for guys who are in my, in like my situation where yeah. we're going to play guys both ways. Like at Nitro, our quarterback does start at middle linebacker. I mean, that's, that's not Trevor a joke. Lowe? That's Trevor Lowe? Yeah, Trevor Lowe, that's him. Yeah, he's a head coach um, basketball player too, buddy. Heck yeah, buddy. And, you know, I see guys talking about, like you said, like you see the big-time guys. My quarterback does this, he does that. Well, does your guy have to also play Mike linebacker 70 snaps a night? You know, like, so we're trying to do things to give him a break, you know, like yeah. to try to help him play a whole game, play a whole season. You know, I like talking to guys that are in my situation. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I've coached in other states, and, and you talk to coaches that have programs with 90 people, and we're <laughs> – that's not apples to apples. You know, we have about 35, maybe. Um, so talk about that a little bit. So like, how, how did you build your numbers like that at, at Logan? How did you get to where you could play 10 guys? So I hear that, you know, I've, I've talked to some basketball guys around this area and they'll talk about, I don't have any depth. Um, how did you build that depth there? Well, that, that I always thought that, and I'm not putting those guys down. I, I, a lot of guys that are really great and successful coaches will tell me, I just don't see how you do it, play with you have to start early in the summer. You have to play that way in the summer. And, and hopefully by coaching them hard and fundamentals and working and uh, your off-season training, which, you know, we just do conditioning, right? We don't do any kind of skills with them. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> we, we, we would work with those kids and we, and we would get, you know, that's, that's how you develop that, that depth is by playing kids also. If you just go play – five kids at summer camp and don't play 10 all summer and all fall. And then how, how are you going to develop your depth? So that was one of the things that I took out of it. Um, and again, our practices were so competitive and they were in and out. I mean, Zach, if they make a mistake, I was jerking them in and out. And if we would play a team that we could beat by, let's just say 20 or 30, then I was even harder as far as discipline wise, jerking guys in and out. Um, and things like that. So, you know, that, that's, that's just one thing that I did. I think depth, you just have to create depth. You have to, to, to work on that. Um, I can't really remember what your question was. I got well, I mean, the... just like, how, how do you, like you, you, you've talked about it, but like, I mean, how do you create depth at, when you can, so you can play more guys? And like you were saying, it's competition. It's a high standard of excellence. I mean, all those things are it. I think that I think you hit the nail on the head. Well, I think it's just putting them out there. I mean, I, the more you put kids in situations, you know, I learned very quick when I was a, a high school football player. I didn't start playing football till ninth grade, Zach. So I, I didn't know anything other than how to hit people, uh, and I didn't really even know how to do that. I probably used my head as a weapon way too much um, <laughs> back then. You could sort of do that a little bit more than you can now. But uh, what I learned from being a coach's son was the more things that I can learn how to do, the less chance I'm coming out of the game or the more chance I'm going into the game. So I, I began at a young age, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but how I came about my coaching philosophy was I learned how to play fullback, tailback, flanker, I could come in as a fourth-string quarterback if they needed me to. I played offensive guard my senior year and played flanker. Some games I was flanker, some games I was tight end, some games I was right guard, tackle. Because when you know every position and you're not afraid to hit somebody, they, they can use you in a bunch of different places. So 
defensively learning different things. And, and basketball, I think it's the same way. If you are just a shooter, then that, may, that, that limits what you can do. So I always tried to get my guys to learn two or three or four positions, which goes back to a little bit of my offense. My plays were made to where it, it wasn't traditional. Like I didn't have a traditional two and a three that did the two and a three mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, if, if my two guard and you were playing me man to man and my two guard could post your guy up, we would just put him in the post and put my center out and he'd just throw it inside to him. I mean, but you have to practice that and you have to get your mm-hmm. kids familiar with that. And I think in football, I think it's so important uh, just watching NFL, like watching the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I think they got two offensive linemen hurt. And the one thing they said, and I know they're not real successful this year, but McCarthy, he, he likes his offensive linemen to be able to play three or four different spots on the O-line. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to, man. You have to – in high school, we have to have the Trevor Lowe's play quarterback and middle linebacker, and he also might be the holder on the daggone extra point team. You know, who else are you going to stick out there? You, somebody you're going to trust. So Yeah, yeah, no uh, doubt. And I think the coaches that I had, man, when I was young, the more I could show them that I could do, the more valuable of a person and player that I was, it just seemed like the more I got to coach. And I think that's another thing that depth, I think, can be taught, and I think it can be learned. And I think you just – as a coach, you just got to – now, I'm not saying there were a couple of years where I only had five or six guys. <laughs> I may right, only have sure. two good players, but but I still right. try to play more guys, dude. You got to do it. You got to get guys – if you're winning really big, you got to get guys in the game. If you're losing really big, you got to get guys in the game. You cannot improve your depth if you don't. Right, yeah, no doubt. And you, like you were talking about interchangeable pieces. So, I mean, I know for me as a, as a play caller, I call it offensive plays – I, you know, you're you're going through depth chart situations, yeah. But your your scheme has to be simple enough to where, hey, like you said, your you know your your fullback can also go play guard. You know, it doesn't it can't be so intricate that they can't learn both. And that's that's one of my core philosophies. It has to be simple enough to where you can get a lot of guys playing. And that sounds like that's how you work too, Coach. If correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. No, you know, you're, you're right. And then when I was a high school football player, they they my high school football coach, you know, I didn't, again, know the X and O's in football as I did as a young kid in basketball. I, I could have probably coached the, the 88 and 89 team as a, as a junior. I could have been a player coach, and I probably wouldn't have played myself either. Um, but I knew the game growing up in it. I'd been around it all my life, so I sort of was comfortable with basketball. But football, I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, again, just – not being afraid to learn and, and hitting people that that got me playing time um and then and then just playing hard but i tell you man it my coach back then the way we did our receiving was it was all numbered system so if he called out 774 it was in from left to right you these two guys ran a seven pattern when i can't remember what those were then and then this guy ran a four which was a up and out or out and up but, I mean, it was simple enough to where they could move people around. You could take me from the line and put me out there. Uh, and, and then, of course, the game is different now, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys, I, I, it is amazing to see you guys go up the line with 25 seconds on the play clock. And then that's when you start calling your play and, and changing people around. It's, it's, it's this chess match that's, uh, that's pretty incredible now trying to find that weak spot there. I mean, I, I – 
I really enjoy watching football now and watching the different things, but there's still some parts of me that still think there's a reason that Wayne was so successful with their five plays, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think football is a cyclical game. It'll come back eventually to how it was years ago to, to some extent, but I mean, I think simplicity now, if you're going to play fast, like some people like to play fast is the key. Cause you're, you're just trying to see what look they're in and call a play that's better than the look they give you. I mean, that's really what offensive play calling is with no huddle teams. Right. Um, right. You know, but I think huddling's – I mean, I, if I, I think we have a smaller roster. I think we're going to try to play as slow as possible. I think yeah. that's one of our goals is, hey, we're going to try to play slow and be like, you know, like Stanford was back when they were really good with David Shaw yeah. um, and Jim Harbaugh is just try to – slow the game, control the clock. I think we have a good offensive line, tight end, fullback. Um, throw the game back a little bit, you know, a decade so ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying, man. I know what you're saying. There's times when I, I coached high school football with Gary Mullins at Logan for a little while, and we threw it a lot. Uh, Logan, I think the last 15 years has thrown it probably more than any team in the state. I, I know Coach mm -hmm. Shepard likes to fling it. And, and Gary Mullins, sometimes I look at him like, dude, we got – Two really good running backs. We we've we've passed it fourteen straight times, uh, but you know some guys are gunslingers and that's how they play. I guess I'm that same way in basketball. We shoot a lot of threes, so mm -hmm. we sort of live and die by it. Um, but it, it is it's fun to watch. Um, I, I'm still the old. I like to run the ball. I, I think that if you can run the ball, you can always be pretty successful. But and I'm mm -hmm. a short pass guy. I, I don't I don't like throwing the bomb every play. I like three or four yard passes and make guys miss. And I tell you in high school football, I always thought the my friend Joe Cherico, I don't know if you know Joe, he coaches Paintsville High School over in uh, mm -hmm. over in eastern Kentucky. And there he's very successful there. And he, he's only got about twenty seven guys. But about ten times a game he sticks his best player out there on the on the on the one side and all the other guys trips or whatever on the other side. And I still don't know football too well. He'll put everybody else on the other. So he'll try to get that one-on-one -on -one situation with his best athlete about five to 10 times a game and just quick mm -hmm. bam. And, and, you know, eight out of 10 times, they may make a tackle and it's a four yard game, but that, those other two, he might break it for 60. So, um, you know, I really like watching, watching you guys in football and watching how this new football is it's pretty it's pretty interesting oh no doubt i mean it it's interesting you know people thought in the 90s when it was like pro style offense or the 80s it was pro style offense that option was dead well that's all college football is now is rpo that's just all triple option it look it looks different than the old you know the split back veer stuff but you're reading the guy and then if he triggers you're throwing where he came from and um uh, Man, it's cool. Then people have really gone – people have started to go away from that because people were learning how to play RPOs, and now it's more of a downhill run play action game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to get guys sucked down, throwing the ball deep or, you know, throwing screens, things of that nature. It's all it's, – it's interesting how people catch up to the uh, – the, the pros are so good at it, man. They're so – you know, that, that is amazing that Lamar Jackson came just all over mm -hmm. the place last season. And this season – it's completely different uh, mm -hmm. how they are guarding him and taking things away that he likes to do. And, and eventually, like you say, it'll, it'll three or four years, these guys will run their course and it'll be go back to, 
you know, jamming it daggone down somebody's throat, you know, power running game. That's what the Steelers – I mean, they just yep. – they continue to amaze me. They just uh, – and I hate the Steelers. I'm a Bengals fan. So, uh, but <laughs> they, they continue to amaze me because they just jam it down people's throats most of the time and, and nobody can stop them. And it uh, doesn't matter who they have in there. They, you know, it doesn't really matter. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I was listening to somebody talk about the NFL the other day, and it's it's you have to be able to run the football, even though it's a passing league. You need to be able to run the football, and then you have to execute in the drop-back passing game. So that's where guys that aren't great passers usually don't make it very long in the NFL. No, um, you're exactly right. You got to so, make but it like in, too, man. Sure, <laughs> yeah. So like in basketball, like – like, what are the the key things you need to have to be able to win consistently? You were talking about you like to shoot the three. Um, you know, what kind of defense did you like? Like, what what are things that you, you needed to win on a consistent basis at Logan? Well, I, I tell you what, my, my defensive philosophy was multiple defense. Uh, I sound like a football coach, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was a multiple defense. So, I like to be able and, – and my scheduling – of course, basketball is a little different than football. You all got the power ratings. Basketball, we all, we all know we make the the you know the uh, the in the playoffs. We all get to make the playoffs. So when I scheduled, I would schedule a lot of tough games. I would schedule athletic pressing up and down teams. I would schedule the slow Charleston Catholic type teams that will just wear you down with their offense. They'll run it through 30 times to get the wide open shot. Or That's how they used to play with Coach McClanahan. And, and, mm. and Westside used to be that way, very, very deliberate, very fundamentally sound. So I would try to get my kids, um, in, in, you know, to play different types of teams to get them prepared. And then – so for defense for us, I always did, – I didn't want to just be a man-to-man guy. I didn't want to just be a zone guy. So – I wanted to be able to press. I wanted to be able to play good man-to-man. Uh, and I wanted to be able to to zone. I wanted to be able to make, make different things. And I wasn't afraid. And a lot of people made sort of made fun of me when I first started because I first came up, we weren't very talented. So I played a lot of boxing ones and triangle and twos, Zach. But mm-hmm. trying to go to the state tournament and, and, and you're having to go through – my first year GW was ranked number one and we played them in the section. We had a three-point lead on them going into the fourth quarter, and they'd only lost two games all year with Patrick O'Malley and Philip Crum. We're playing at at the – I call it the soapbox up there, GWG. It's a great school gym. Yes, uh, it is. And, and, you know, you've got the number one team in the state down by three going into the fourth quarter because we played some kind of junk defense. That doesn't – I don't – I mean, that's just what we had to do. So, yeah, I was not afraid to do that. State championship game, uh, 2005, we played a triangle and two, boxing one. Most of the game, most people probably wouldn't have known that because it looked like man-to-man, uh, especially the triangle and two. It looked like a soft man-to-man with two guys playing. And that's sort of what it is. You know, you, you have to make your kids, to me, I always liked, well, boys, man-to-man ain't working tonight, so at least we got something else to fall back on. And that's mm-hmm. how I coach. Now, offense – uh, you know, we had most of my teams were, were free to do, uh, you know, play up and down. But I, I had some teams that couldn't shoot a lick. Uh, mm-hmm. And we had to, you know, change some things every once in a while. But, you know, I think it's just you, you, once you go to a philosophy, and I'm sure you're the same way, you probably you got what you want to do in the best circumstance. This is how I want to coach my offense. This is what, what I want my defense to look like. 
Mm-hmm. But again, as a high school coach, we have to look at our kids, make adjustments. But I still want to stick. I still want my kids to be free to shoot the ball and, and, and always feel like they can shoot an open shot. Um, so I, I stuck with that. We may, you know, I as a coach could slow the game down, speed it up as I wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. Football, you guys don't have that option as much. I mean, yeah, you can start calling running plays and you can milk in the clock a little bit. But, you know, basketball with only five guys, you can sit out there and dribble for a while before that athletic team may really come out after you some. You know, and if you got a really good mm-hmm. ball handler, you can control the game a little bit more and play your tempo. Whereas if you're if you're not a very great a good football team and you're playing against Cabell Midland sometimes and they got 90 guys they can roll at you, you know, it makes it right, yeah. tough. I, and I found that out coaching football early on in my career, coaching junior high football. I thought, I, man, I got this. I, yeah, I got this. We started off four and one. Then we played man junior high, which at the time was, I don't know how many games they won, 100 out of 105 games. And they beat us Ooh. to 70 something. And this is eight minute quarters, I think, in junior high. 70 something to nothing. I don't even oh think we gosh. got a first down. So I got taught real early that football is a different beast when it comes to, you know, basketball, a really good team can get on a run, dude, and, and, and get up on you. And then maybe they're up by 20. Well, then I can say, well, I can either go for it and get beat by 40 possibly, or I can just try to keep it close and get out of here and only get beat by 20 and not look too bad. Football, right. it's hard to do that. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, I've I've been on teams that have been to the state championship. Um, I was lucky enough to win two as a player. Um, but, man, it, I just feel like some years if the ball gets rolling in the right direction, you just keep rolling. And some years it, it goes back down. It, like, rolls back on you. <laughs> and you're just trying to – you're trying to fight just to keep your head above water for sure. You're exactly right, man. It it when you got the good teams, it's so much. It's so important to to soak everything in with them and enjoy it. And and I think when coaches know they have good teams, you know that's why I think you work as hard when you don't. Um, but when you when you get that good team, and you need to put all your effort into it because you may not get a team like that ever again. I'm, I I mm-hmm. I got the chance to coach a lot of great players, but the year I got to coach Noah. And we had Paul Herbert Wimson, Deontay Coleman, and five or six other guys that were really good players. It was so enjoyable because everything I could ever think of what I wanted to show out there as far as dribble drive. I mean, one game we made 26 three-pointers. One game we made 23. I mean, we scored 123 points in four – or in uh, 127 points in a game. We had 101 at the end of the third quarter. And that was Ooh. against a good team. We were just unreal. That's the night we hit those, you know, over 23s. So, just seeing all that, it was it was pretty cool to watch that, you know. Then I had years where we couldn't hit one three. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. You're, Coach, you were ahead of the curve with a, with a three ball. I know now I, I read enough about basketball. I know the analytics tell you, like, the corner three is the best shot in basketball. You, you're definitely ahead of the curve of the, of the analytics that are, that are here now. Well, you know, I, I, I had – my dad is exact opposite of me. And uh, if you'd watch my dad's teams play, they were uh, grueling to watch. Uh, very, very successful, but very grueling to watch. And I kept saying to myself, well, I, gotta, I can't do that. I got to be different. Mm-hmm. 
so I, I went at it with a, just a different aspect and it just sort of came, it caught on. I, I, I was lucky to have really good shooters at Logan, even at the junior high and middle school level, I always had kids that were skilled. And to me, if, if they would come and say, Mark Hatcher, we're going to name you the next WVU basketball coach or whatever. Uh, I would probably change that team around. A little bit. I think sure, really, yeah. dude, I'd have a bunch of shooters and ball handlers. That's what I, I mean. I'd still play defense and we try real hard, but I, I'm a believer in, in you got to have guys that can score. And, mm -hmm. um, and I like as many of them as I can possibly have. <laughs> no doubt. I liked uh, one of your tweets I was reading said off you said offense wins games. And I was like, man, that's that's a that's a bold take right there. People usually say defense wins games. Well, and, I, and Coach Huggins is a buddy. I mean, he's a friend of mine. I mean, I, I, I can call him and I can text him and uh, you know, he may it may take him four or five days to get back. And Coach Beeline and I were, were very tight too. Uh, and I still talk to Coach Beeline some and my philosophy, uh, uh, you know, I like, I love how Hugs, man, his his kids are so tough, and, and and a lot of that is similar to what I like too. I mean, that's how I treated my guys, and I was tough on my kids, and play a lot of guys. He plays a lot of guys, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, as far as offense, I was Coach Beeline on offense. I mean, a mixture of both a little bit, and uh, evil on one end, and and free and happy on the other end is how I liked it. And that's just uh, – it, it was fun to coach that way. It really was. It was fun to take shooters and make them play defense. And it was really fun sometimes to make defensive guys and try to make them shooters. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, as we, as we wrap this thing up, I would love for you to give the young coaches out there a nugget – You've given a bunch of nuggets, but like a final nugget of just some wisdom you would give to guys who are looking to get into the profession. What are some things that they should really do if they want to uh, be success successful? Well, first of all, I, I hate when guys get into coaching that don't really want to be a coach, that don't understand that it's not just – if you're just doing it for a paycheck, man, get out of it. That that Go, go coach a little league team or something where there's – you know, these high school kids take it seriously and, and – and one of the things I've told a couple of young coaches is like, listen, when you step to the high school level, there's, there's guys that for three or $4,000 are professional coaches. They, you know, the Rick Greens, the Mick Prices, the Kelly Churches, um, you know, there, there's guys in basketball that can coach as good at the high school level. If you put them in a, on a Duke bench, I, I, I believe in my heart that those guys could coach right with Coach K and Coach Patino and all them guys. I, I just I just believe that, especially the NBA. But as far as, you know, I think a young coach, first of all, he needs to go in with the family attitude. Bring all your youth coaches in, have pizza with them, talk to them about your program. Hey, guys, this is Mark Hatcher. This is what our, I want our kids at, at seven years old to know. This is what I want them to know by nine and ten. This is what I want them to learn in middle school. I would like for you all, if you're all going to do a 2-2-1 press, then call it the white press because that's what we're going to call it at high school. If you're going to um, have an open offense in junior high, then we, we're going to call it open. Uh, you know, I would try to teach them a couple of plays, whether it's one or two out-of-bounds play. And, and when you're bringing in your young coaches and your youth coaches and your middle school coaches, one thing I did is every postseason I brought my middle school up coach up and he sat on the bench with me and practiced with us 
um, when his season was over. And the whole reason is mm. because he's important, man. you got to have that junior high middle school coach. So I wanted him to be a part of something. And, and Wyatt Skaggs was my middle school coach most of my career. And um, when it came postseason, he was in charge of all out-of-bounds defense, all out-of-bounds scouting. Um, he, he had certain things. He was in charge of travel. Uh, stuff too for all postseason games. He he arranged where we ate and things like that. I think if you build that in your system and you get those guys feeling like they're part of your system, they're going to go out and work harder for you. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I think is bringing kids in. Man, you've got to bring your young kids, your grade school kids. They got to be comfortable with Coach Zach Davis. Who who's who's a nice throw football coach? Oh man, it's Coach Davis. You want them little kids in grade school saying man, I got to see Coach Davis today. I got to shake his hand. I got to go to the locker room. And, and we did a couple different things with schools. We would take our kids out Dr. Seuss Day, uh, which is in March, right at sectional basketball time, and read to all the schools. Um, we did a dancing exercise type thing one year when uh, the Dougie was out, I think, or something like oh, that. We, go. We, we spread all of our guys out to all the schools to teach the Dougie. <laughs> to all the PE classes in all the grade school. But again, it's it's getting those kids and getting those those guys to buy into your system. <clears throat> and here's the thing I think that's important about that. If the kids buy in, if your youth coaches buy in, the mommies and daddies and the mamaws and papaws are going to buy in too. And the next thing you know, you've got your family and you've got your program. And I think that's what you that's if you're going to be a high school coach, that's that's how you if you want to have longevity and you want to have success over a long period of time, and you wanted to, if you want to be treated like the Tex Williams and, and Pat McGinnis and, and some of those guys that have been around, Alan Osborne's and guys like that, if you want to be treated like that one of these days, then you need to develop all that. You need to develop your program and, and make that a community aware of you and, and, and feel like you're a part of that community, man. That's what I wanted to do. That's awesome. Coach, that is I, – I, I was telling a guy I was recording with the other day, I do these podcasts mainly so I can go back and listen to them and, and take notes. <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to be one of my major note-taking ones. Coach, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. Hey, man, anytime. I, I actually thought you might get on here and we were going to talk about Jim Justice and the, and the, the map and everything. So I'm glad we got to talk uh, about coaching, dude. That was so fun. Yeah, I <laughs> – I said, I, I, I probably said too much. I just, man, all, this whole thing with the color map, I've said enough about it. It's, 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 a, it's a poor idea. I'll just leave it at that. Well, Rick Green and I got in the conversation. I was like, man, I, if somebody would tell me I won the state championship because I'm the last guy standing, I don't know if I could accept that. And he said, well, what if you, you've played by the rules the whole year? I mean, I, and I get that point. I don't know. I, I, I feel for those coaches, man. I, I don't know if I would how I would feel about it if somebody called me and say, "Well, you you're the state champion because they had other team had to forfeit." I don't know how I'd feel. Um, to me, I always felt like you have to have a game before you can name a champion. But then mm-hmm. again, I don't know, man. I, it's such a weird time that we're living in. I tell you, dude, I, it would be hard for me to coach right now because of, and and I know we're going on here a little bit, but. To put the time in that you guys put on, that I know you guys are put in, and, and all year long you're trying to go. And I mean, I was watching your tweets; you were so ticked there. And I did, and I actually responded one time. I'm like, "Well, 
I understand Kanawha County's gotten busted here the first week of the, when the games got started, but Logan, heck, they didn't get to start for two or three weeks. So once he came out with those rules, it put every, it painted him in a corner, man. And uh, going back to that first rule. Yeah, just, buddy. You, maybe, maybe we play it as we go and don't paint ourselves in a corner. Um, but it's tough. I, I don't know how you guys are doing it right now, man. I, 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 I applaud you guys and have all the respect in the world for you guys. And, and I hope to gosh, we get this thing figured out and kids can be, get back to playing ball because they need it. School, listen, high school sports is so important. And mm -hmm. middle school sports, all these sports are important for these kids. And I'll, I'll, I was a pretty educated person. I think I'm a pretty smart person. But I learned just as much in sports my lifetime as I did in the book. And I'll argue that till I die. And, um, and I think we're missing that right now. And I know you guys, the time you all put in, and he told me Stevie Edwards got to play three games. They had 93 practices and played three games. I think mm -hmm. that's just crazy, man. That's just so hard to do. So, mm -hmm. a lot of respect to you guys, man. A lot of respect, Coach. I I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I thank you. Thank you for for coming on and and uh, just sharing your wisdom with us. No problem, dude. Anytime. Give me a holler.